0: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblio Stapes and Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by photographer Theo Blum Good evening, Theo. Good evening, Ewan. Uh, Thanks for inviting me. I'm uh, very uh, honored. my pleasure. Thank, you. thank, thank you very much for your time. A real, real privilege and honour to be able to chat to you about your work. I did, uh, I did actually see you uh, present at the Meeting of Minds conference uh, quite a few years ago um, yes. about your last body of work. But obviously, we're here primarily to talk about Back to Iceland, uh, which is your, which is your latest book. I'll not pronounce right. the Dutch title of it because um, I don't, I don't really know how to say it. Uh, but before we get into talking about your work and and your books, uh, it would be great if you could give an introduction. to... Your, your photographic background Theo
1: yes okay um, well I, I live in Arnhem the Netherlands that's maybe a good point to start um, I'm from 69 so 53 years old yep um, still feeling young luckily <laughs> um, and well I got into really into photography about 2003, 2004, photography has always interested me, but uh, I never really picked up a camera. Yep. But then I, I took a two months leave. Uh, I was a lawyer back then, still, and um, I traveled two months in Africa: uh, one Probably. month Namibia, one month Tanzania. And it was the first trip that I took a proper camera and 50 rolls of slide. Uh, with me yeah and well there is a cliche saying that if you look through the lens of your camera the whole holiday that you don't really see or, or feel anything from the country you're visiting um, non photographers are saying this. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, but I experienced the, the contrary, uh, I noticed that I was much more aware of all kinds of details, I, I was suddenly aware of where the light came from. Um, of Obviously, you are trying to spot animals in the landscape when you're um, also on safari. So for me, it was really an enrichment of my experience. And of course, it was even doubled back home when you were able to to relive your travels and all the wonderful moments by seeing your images. So then I thought, well, I might try it too in the Netherlands, nature photography. Yep. Um, then I thought, well, this is going to be hard uh, because we don't have too much nature left or just very tiny spots. Yeah. And it, it's impossible to get lost or to get in danger in dutch nature it, it's really like yeah so some small parks but i must say i was pleasantly surprised when i tried it right and i uh, i became a member of the local photo club um also specialized in nature and but well, it showed me that if you are on the right time on the right place that you can uh, also in the netherlands uh, make uh, interesting photographs cool. Uh, and that, yeah, that's more or less when it really kicked off for me. And well, it it was a hobby, and it became soon more than a hobby. Yeah, um, still a lawyer back then, and also a partner in a law firm. But I was, yeah, um, looking a little bit too often out of my office window. I guess uh, <laughs> too much for a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, when it started snowing or when the sunset was nice, then I had the urge to pick up a camera and, and go outside. Yeah. And um, besides that, yeah, I, I got a lot of ideas for pictures and projects, but I didn't have uh, much time to execute them, uh, became a father also in this uh, period. So yeah, then the question raised uh, was raised, why Shouldn't I become a professional photographer? Because it's where I've been dreaming for uh, from from for years now. Good. Uh, obviously, it's a big step from being a, a lawyer. With <laughs> bit, a bit of a change. And come, um, lots of respect at birthday parties and so on, <laughs> um, and and from the uh, the family. But yeah, in the end, I thought I, I would regret it if I would not at least give it a try yeah. for a couple of years and uh, well that was at the end of 2012 I, I took the, the jump into the deep and actually I, I never looked back uh, since then uh, so I'm a, I'm a full time professional landscape and nature photographer since uh, the first of January 2013. Uh, dividing my time between yeah the Netherlands, uh, trying to search little spots of wilderness and yep. countries that are a bit wilder uh, like Iceland, yeah. um, the Atlantic coast of Europe uh, I've explored for for another book project. Um, so I, I I still really enjoy it. Really happy with my decision. Um, well, I already told you I am a father of two daughters, so yep. also very important to me. I like sports, also watching sports. Uh, even when it's in Qatar, I look forward to the World Championship. <laughs> um, It'll be
0: good. It'll be good. It's just a shame Scotland aren't there. But that's nothing new. We're 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 we've not been at a football <laughs> final for a long time, so you get you get very used to it after a while.
1: Yeah, it's it's too bad, but um, still Glasgow Rangers kicked out PSV and in uh, the yeah. Champions League. So I yeah, I have respect for the Scottish uh, <laughs> teams um, and also uh, always respect and admire their their team spirit and yeah yeah fighting spirit. Um, well, I think yeah that's yeah. that's. What I want, I could say as an introduction. Yeah,
0: quite, much- quite, quite, quite a journey, and yeah, as you say, you've obviously been doing it full time now for nearly nearly ten years. I suppose it will be come first of mm-hmm. January, um, and I, I'm sure quite quite an experience at the same time. I, I know you've published a couple of books, and your most recent one uh, back to back to Iceland. Was out just uh, was out earlier this year. So what? Where where does the love of Iceland come from? I know it's somewhere that many photographers have visited, but what what's the appeal for yourself?
1: Yeah, well, um, I've been thinking about this question, too, because actually it's already my second book about Iceland and the world is so big and there are already so many photographers uh, making beautiful work in Iceland. So um, it's a very good question um, that I ask myself, too. Um, I have counted my days on Iceland and it's uh, about 14 months now uh, uh, in total uh almost 70 80% is in autumn and winter uh, yep. my favorite seasons and yes. obviously iceland has a lot of uh things in nature that other countries don't have uh, at least not in in europe uh yep. the volcanism um and also the, the yeah the superlatives of, of the, the biggest and the most waterfalls the biggest ice cap in europe uh Uh, Lava fields, geothermal uh, sources, um, exploding volcanoes, that's of course one part of the story. But for me, I think what is even more important is that somehow Iceland really gets under my skin. Um, I, I feel really in a strange way because I don't even speak the language after so many visits. Yeah at a strange way I feel really at home there um, sure. when I'm arriving uh, within one hour I'm, I'm totally there and um, wherever direction uh, my car takes me um, I'm happy and I, I, I'm inspired and I see so many interesting details so I feel really close to nature and I think Um, When I compare it um, to the situation in the Netherlands, the the difference couldn't be bigger. Um, I mean, we in the Netherlands have around 420 inhabitants per square kilometer. Uh, Iceland has around three, I think. (laughs) And and these are mostly uh, located in the capital area, Reykjavik and and, uh, other cities around it. So yeah this country is really empty and uh it is also a country where you still have to yeah you watch your steps and think for yourself um Absolutely For example when when the Fagradalsfjall eruption uh, started last year in in March um I I was able to visit pretty quickly and I was surprised to find only one sign at the start of the walking trail. uh, Be careful, (laughs) but not for the (laughs) volcano for for COVID 19. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your distance. And at the volcano, okay, there were a couple of guys and and women from uh, the Icelandic rescue team, and uh, they were measuring the gas and and they would give a warning when there was too much in the area. But uh, for the rest, you yeah, you would have to find out yourself and yeah. uh, be careful yourself. if something would happen in the Netherlands like this, there would be fences all over the place. It, yeah. it would be crawling with policemen, uh, saying, uh, telling you to be careful, and uh, it's a totally different experience. So, and I think this also brings you closer to nature and and. Gives you also more respect for nature. Uh, also on the coast, uh, the winter storms on Iceland are, are legendary. Yeah, I well, probably have a fair amount of them uh, in Scotland too. But uh, yeah, in the Netherlands um, too, but but not as uh, strong. And yeah. yeah, we have the feeling in the Netherlands that we we have control of the sea. Um, we we build large uh, dikes and and huge uh, systems to control the water and and I think we we have been pretty successful after the last flooding uh, somewhere in the 50s um but this also means that the people are moving away from nature that they don't know where 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 the meat comes from they they think it grows in, in plastic uh, boxes in the supermarket <laughs> um and yeah, like I said, it's it's hard to get lost, it's hard to to be scared in nature, and I think this, these are all uh, very elementary feelings, uh, at least for me, uh, and I can experience them fully on Iceland, and I think this is also... Uh, yeah. part of the story
0: yeah absolutely I think I think as you say the, the scale of Iceland it does allow you to get lost and it makes you more aware of your own senses because as you say the power on the beaches and you can be just walking along the beach and, and some of the incredible incredible waves that the rogue waves that just come 30-40 meters up onto the beach that just engulf everything with the with the sheer power that you, you don't yeah. really see in many other places
1: hmm that's right. Yeah, it's it's a great place to to experience the power of the of the ocean. Yeah,
0: um, and it, it sounds it sounds as though you've clearly spent many many days exploring Iceland, and I can imagine you must have explored a, a, a great part of it, particularly I suppose some of the mountainous regions as well. Um, but how how is your approach to this book varied from your last book on Iceland? Where where did you want to come at it in terms of the narrative and the story this time?
1: Um, Well, there are a couple of uh, things that I wanted to introduce in in this book compared to the the first one that was out in in 2012, just before I uh, became a professional photographer. Um, And I think the narrative is that, um, yeah, I sort of look back on these 10 years where where something uh, has changed in in my personal life. Yeah. And also, Iceland has changed uh, equally, um, because when I was first there in 2007, in winter, um, it was really hard to find accommodation uh, out of the capital area. Uh, It was very hard to find a restaurant that was open. And if you wanted to see the Northern Lights, you you just had to walk out of your hotel or or bed and breakfast and and look at the sky. Ten years later, uh, you if you want to go to Iceland in winter, especially with a group, um, you have to book at least a year in advance. Otherwise, uh, everything will be full. Yeah. Um, and in 2016, uh, I started also um, guiding tours on, on Iceland a couple of times a year. And in 2016, I was there in winter and it uh, was the same time as the Chinese New Year holiday. Yeah, and well Iceland has always also been discovered by Asian tourists so it was literally packed with people and um, whereas in 2007 um, there were mornings where I was the only one uh, on the Black Lava beach with uh, ice blocks uh, near the glacier lagoon Um, in 2016 on my last visit there I counted maybe 100, 150 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Photographers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the same time, and and that's uh, when I decided um, I I don't want to go here anymore with with groups, and also maybe not uh, for Here's me, how? um, because I can't guarantee the experience anymore that, that that yeah made me fall in love with Iceland, um, and and still the landscape is is equally great, but the experience was uh, was different, um and then a half a year later i made a trip uh, to iceland probably a sort of therapy uh, trip um, because i in, instead of seeking solitude and and the empty places on iceland that are still there yeah i Uh, decided to photograph the hotspots and and the tourists uh, there Uh, it was also the time that the selfie stick uh, became popular (laughs) and and that people were taking images of themselves with ipads and and, uh, phones which was still uh, a a little bit new uh, back then and it it was a nice metaphor i think for how iceland has changed over the years and and also yeah maybe how my a vision to Iceland and my relationship, my own relationship with Iceland uh, has changed a bit. Uh, yeah. So I, I did this project. Uh, I got back with uh, bad headaches every night in the hotel, being among the crowds and or uh, watching people uh, have fun. Um, and uh, maybe uh, driving three hours to a waterfall and then spending 10 minutes <laughs> to take a couple of yeah. selfies. <laughs> Upload them to Instagram and then move on to the next uh, highlight. Yep. So that that was yeah quite a difficult trip, but after that, um, I I was able to to let it go and to yeah maybe look in a new way uh, to Iceland, uh, deciding to to seek for places that were not discovered yet by the the mass tourism and yeah still having very much the same experiences uh, as i had before so um, yeah i, I think um, I, I don't look at iceland and through rose tinted glasses do you call it that way yes yep maybe uh but yeah i'm, I'm still very much in love with iceland so it, maybe the love has become more mature yeah um and well, like I said, uh, in my personal life, there have also been some changes. Um, I met uh, the mother of my children in Iceland uh, during my first trip. And we've been there many times together. But uh, two years ago, we uh, we have separated. So this also yeah, was... Change in in my relationship to Iceland because it was also related to to my relation yeah and absolutely so my family life because we've been there with the, the kids also um, three times on the summer holiday um, so yeah yeah it, coming it's up all- for these.
0: Sorry? It's always always interesting, as you say, over such a long period of time of visiting Iceland, your experiences change as the country change and, and as your own personal yeah. experiences and, and memories of it change as well. As, as, as you say, in the period since you've been going it's become far more popular, particularly the south coast, which is very easy as you say, for people to turn up three hours out of Reykjavik, take their yeah. selfie of the waterfall and then head back home again. And um, Whereas actually from yourself, you, you kind of embrace that at the same time and then realize, well, actually there's more to Iceland.
1: Absolutely. Um, when when my first Iceland book was published, there was a review in a photo magazine and it started with the sentence, if you drop down your camera on Iceland and you accidentally make a picture, it's probably a good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, the review was, was very positive after that, but yeah. it, it is like that. Um, I mean, you have to do more than just record what you what you see and what you experience. Um, yeah. So try to make it personal, and I think um, yeah, that that is the main narrative. Uh, the, the book is about my personal relationship to Iceland. Uh, we both have changed, but uh, the relationship is still very strong. Um, uh, I will keep going back to Iceland because yeah. it's. Uh, yeah it's in me yeah.
0: it's, it's it's a it's a lovely story and it's a lovely narrative to your work and i've been having a look at the work on your website and and the the images are just absolutely beautiful i, I love the variety particularly the volcanic yes. volcanic images but then also the images where you're really looking at a very abstract perspective just just bring something very different from what you from what people are maybe more traditionally used to seeing from iceland Yeah uh,
1: that that was the intention uh, as well and it's also I think my way of looking at the landscape uh, often in a more detailed and abstract way and always uh, yeah trying to search for new angles Um, for me the fun of being a photographer is not taking pictures that other photographers have already taken Um, so I how difficult it is I, I try to find new ways yeah. and even on Iceland it's possible uh, i think um and yeah that's also uh, a nice challenge to to keep trying that uh, without being it very forced or unnatural i mean it, it must i must take pictures that i love to take and not because i'm searching for some kind of mini niche uh, in, in the market but it's nice that it goes together. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it does.
0: Yeah. yeah, I yeah, your images are lovely. I I, I love the tones and the colours and just some of the some of the subject matters, particularly of the ice and and just of the power of the waves as well. It's it's a lovely way that you've captured and and represented such a. I suppose such uh, very well-known aspects of Iceland, which which many people when they visited are are accustomed to, but you present them in your own way and, and in a different way than than as you say that represents a bit of the challenge that uh, that makes that kind of I suppose gets your mind working and, and gets you thinking about how you can put your own stamp on on the country. Yes,
1: yeah, exactly. That that's uh, what I try. And um, yeah, of course, um, Sandra Bartocha who uh, helped me with the design of the book and also yes. uh, the image selection. Yeah, and the theme um, really w- was very helpful in that because, um, yeah, as you are fully aware of, uh, photographers uh, tend to look different to their own work. Definitely, uh, yeah. There are darlings that need to be killed sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> and and some very good. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can I can
0: imagine. I can imagine she's very straight to the point in a very very nice way. Um, but how how did you approach curating the work for the book? Because obviously it's you're looking at a se- selection of images shot over a very long period of time. Um, so how how did you kind of approach that?
1: Um. Well, we had a couple of talks uh, at the start of the the bookmaking process, yeah. uh, and obviously there were were a lot of images already uh, there. Um, but we, yeah, we made some kind of uh, line for the book, and, and some themes, also yeah. some, some personal stories that I wanted to write in, into the book. Yeah, and then I made a an, a selection of I think around. 11 or 1200 images um, from the thousands on my my hard drive (laughs) that I thought uh, that these are good enough to end up in the book. Um, And I included a selection of maybe a hundred images that are my own favorites. Um, Okay. And then Sandra uh, looked at them, uh, deleted all these favorites, and <laughs> <laughs> came with a new draft. Uh, now I'm, I'm kidding a little bit. I know, yeah. or exaggerating a little bit. Uh, but but she really has a, a has her own view, and um, mm. it, it's that is sometimes hard, um, if she's not so positive about images that are close to your heart. Absolutely. But, It can also be the other way around that she sees things in an image that that you think it's so-so and then she starts talking about it very uh, um, enthusiastic and then it it starts growing on you too. So um, this process of of discussing images, selecting them, seeing which work well together on a double page, um, discussing the flow of the book. um, Yeah, it's, it's... really uh, pleasant experience with Sandra because she's so talented and so experienced and yeah. she can be very direct uh, <laughs> Dutch people uh, are too usually yes. um we are not very uh, politically and and um, talented in in talking around the subject matter uh, yeah so that, that that works really well and um yeah it, 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 it's good to know. Uh, yeah. Where you stand and, and sometimes you have images that you that you want to fight for and you say yes, Sandra, uh, whatever you think this this one needs to be in the book
0: yeah uh, absolutely because... I, 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 as you say it's when you've got someone who has no emotional connection to the images they, they do look at your work with it with a with a totally balanced perspective and as you say i think the biggest challenge for everyone is being able to throw out the favorite images that just don't yes work in in, in the sweet sequence regardless of whether that's a 100 images or just a 10 image sequence or something like that yeah. there's there's always there's always that challenge and it, it can be an incredibly or i i think it's an incredibly rewarding experience to look at your images in terms of a set and sequence it even if you're just doing something for your own personal your your own personal book of, of 10 or 15 images just to go yeah. through the challenge of having to do it because it's very different from looking at images as standalone just to just to just to look through.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's a wonderful process and uh, it's very helpful also in, in uh, learning about your own photography and yeah also helps you to maybe to take different images in the field uh, yeah maybe looking a bit better for variation or for missing links in the story or yeah um, not uh, always striving to to take the most spectacular images on the best light of the day uh, you have to have them too but uh, in the end yeah it's it's sometimes also about uh, making connections between images uh, or, or parts of the island or or of the story yeah. So,
0: Absolutely, and it, it sounds as though you had uh, a big selection of images to to choose from. So uh, quite a challenge for both yourself and Sandra to to narrow it down. But uh, as you say, a, a rewarding experience to go through that process. And as you say, you, yeah. you maybe discover you maybe discover images that I, as, as you mentioned there, you thought were so so, but actually when you see them in the context of set amongst the other images. They they begin to stand out far more for you, and actually you have a you have a different view of them laterally.
1: Yes, absolutely, yeah. And and we had a couple of sessions, and yeah, got closer and closer to the uh, the final result with yeah. uh, exchanging drafts, making changes, and then sitting together. Um and no uh, yeah, then then it was there. So.
0: Yeah, and you've incorporated some, some pieces of writing as well in, into this book. How important was that for you to 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 factor that into this narrative and the story that you're telling?
1: Um, I think it was important. Uh, it was the first time that I did it uh, in, in my books. Uh, I, I always had some text, uh, a, a preface, and uh, maybe some, some small explanations. Yep. But usually I, I also used, quotes or poems or or writings from others um, to enrich the book but uh, because I wanted to make this a very personal book uh, it was good that I uh, wrote something myself so yeah I I wrote uh, a chapter that's called from photographs to selfies in in which I describe my frustrations and experiences (laughs) and how I overcame them, yeah. um, I, I wrote about uh, the two volcanic eruptions that I was able to witness and photograph, yes. the one in uh, 2010 the and the recent one in the uh, last year, uh, I've written about Icelandic music, um, uh, I even made a, a playlist that I put in the book, a Spotify playlist uh, for people Rose. visiting iceland or yeah wanting to to learn about icelandic music which is it's very special to me because um some of this music really if, if i ever the first stones i'm immediately back on iceland yeah and uh, that's the power of good music i think
0: yeah um, definitely
1: so and uh, yeah, i've written uh, extensive First uh, piece with the question why Iceland, uh, the one you started also
0: with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, and I, I saw your, I saw your, your volcanic shot from last year was uh, was has been very successful. It is uh, breathtakingly beautiful. I, I have to say, just stunning, and it must have been uh, quite a quite a moment to to witness that and just to be able to see it kind of unraveling in front of your eyes. Yes, it was. Yeah,
1: um, and it was also yeah for me a sort of small victory for myself to to be able to include people in my image um, yep. and uh, without being too literal or, or making it uh, journalistic or or, uh, or boring. Um, So that was quite a challenge for me, because usually I I leave people out of my images, uh, try to avoid even human elements. But when I came to this volcanic eruption, expecting more or less to be there with just a few people, uh, I was (laughs) essentially flabbergasted when I saw uh, literally hundreds of (laughs) people, maybe even thousands.
0: People marching.
1: Uh, And and not enjoying the eruption in silence, but bringing big radios, guitars, um, (laughs) booths, really a pop festival atmosphere. Uh, And yeah, topped off by the sound of uh, 20, 30 drones uh, hovering over the lava field at the same time, uh, helicopters, airplanes. (laughs) It was (laughs) actually a really crazy experience. Yeah. Um, and at first, I was I was uh, shocked and um, well, let's say not amused. I really had to get used to it. But yeah, a bit later, I thought, "Wow, actually, this is also a very good thing that that um, all these Icelandic people, because it, it were ma- mainly Icelanders uh, at that moment, uh, because the country was not fully open for tourists." Yeah, uh, I was I was lucky that I already had COVID nineteen, so I was able to enter. Um, but yeah there were I think 60-70% of the Icelandic population has visited the eruption site and it was quite a strenuous walk of at least one hour one way uh, through the mountains Uh, but everyone did it, young and old uh, trained and not so trained um, slim and not so slim um, (laughs) and they were all there and they were all happy and, and making a party and well, in the end, I thought th- this is actually beautiful. People connecting with nature, uh, taking Absolutely. an effort to to enjoy nature, celebrating their volcanoes, in, on which they are incredibly proud. Uh, so I thought, well, I got hundreds of uh, lava images. Uh, let's try to connect um, the people and the volcano. And, and that's when... At first, yeah, I was struggling to to make something interesting during the day. But uh, when the night fell and and it became dark, uh, everyone turned on its headlight for the walk back. And then I thought, "Mm, that looks actually pretty sweet. Uh, Maybe I can do something with that. And then I spent three evenings uh, finding the right spot, finding the right shutter time. and then I find a really nice spot on a hill where I, I could overlook the valley and
0: yeah, waited
1: for the moment where where the most people came back. Yeah, uh, and then in the end I used a shutter time of two minutes and and then you saw really, yeah, the light trails Fantastic. and it, it looked like lava like a lava river. Yeah, but then a white and blue one and um, that also confirmed that that people uh, are connected with nature because. People in life, I take the same way, yeah. uh, the fastest um, way down. Um, <laughs> so that that was nah, was yeah. a sort of extra in, in the image uh, for me. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's a it's a, it's a wonderful shot, beautiful shot, and as you say, just it wonderfully reflects uh, human nature and humans connection with uh, with such a natural natural world, natural. Uh, natural event to take place um, and in ter- in terms of the publishing of the book obviously you you'd have worked very closely with Sandra in terms of material selections paper choices to to get the right size and, and the right feel to it
1: sorry the, last, the to get
0: the last. to get the right feel to to the yes. the, the, the paper yeah. choices and the weight and the size of the book
1: yeah um it, 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 I'm I'm really happy how everything came out. It's it's a hardcover book, um, coffee table format, and it has uh, 170 grams uh, paper, Arctic volume, uh, which fits really nice to the images. Um, I went to the the press to to be a pain in the ass, uh, (laughs) printing a book (laughs) (laughs) and saying, hmm, uh, this. Is not totally how I would like it. it yeah. This little tiny thing needs to be different. Uh, but they know me uh, there because it's it, it was my third book that I printed. Very good. Uh, there it, it was printed in the Netherlands, and now yeah, we found a way to to cooperate really nicely. Brilliant. Right. They are also proud on the books they they produce. Uh, they they want yeah they want the doctor to be happy. Yeah. And, and the outcome to be great. So that, that's actually very nice. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, brilliant. Well, as I say, it's, it's on my Christmas list, so I, I do look forward to to picking up a copy. Um, but I'm always very interested to hear what uh, some of my guests' favorite photo books are from their own collections. So it would be great if you did share maybe four or five of your favorite photo books from other photographers, you know.
1: Sure, yes. Um, the first photographer that really impressed me was uh, uh, a photographer from the Netherlands, Franz Lanting. Uh, he was uh, and is still a famous nature photographer, one of the most influential, uh, working for Natural Geographic for, for decades. Yeah. Um, and he produced some really yeah, interesting and, and uh, impactful uh, photo books. Uh, which could be all on my list but um, yeah. uh, I will mention uh, or I will choose one I will mention three <laughs> and choose one i uh, to Eye is a, is a very uh, very good photo book uh, all kind of uh, animal portraits uh, photographed in a very innovative way uh, back then there is a book called jungles um, with with rainforest images from all over the world both animals landscapes and, and details absolutely stunning and um i don't know if it's still his last book but i think well his, his last memorable book yeah uh, and it's called life uh where he, he tries to to search for the oranges of life um, right. in, in landscape animals uh, and, and all kind of other things. Um, he did a, a, a tour with Philip Glass, uh, who made music on, on the on the images. Right, uh, right. spectacular. Yeah. But the book is also great. Uh, we're talking about books. Um, yes. <laughs> um, I think a book that has been mentioned before uh, by some of your other guests, uh, guests uh, Vincent Munier, a French photographer. Yeah. des songes. Uh, it's a wildlife photography book, about 10, 12 years old, I think. Uh, really influential because of this, the, the, the style with, with limited use of color uh, yeah. and black and white images. Uh, the animals usually not big in the frame, but as part of the landscape. So a really interesting book maybe my absolute favorite if I could only choose one.
0: All right. Very good. Um,
1: then there is a, a very small but really lovely book by a Finnish photographer. It's, it's called Kai Fagerström. I probably pronounce it totally wrong, but um, I, I can uh, write it down for you later. <laughs> yes,
0: that would be that would be very good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's called The House in the Woods. Right. Uh, it's it's about a, a a small house in the middle of a forest in Finland that is abandoned uh, and where all kinds of animals have taken over and it's photographed in in a very poetic way uh, often showing yeah, just small parts of the animals uh, in, in in half dark so it didn't use flashlight or whatsoever yeah. so you you really have the experience that you Are sitting there in in a chair or walking uh, on your toes through this house and and seeing all these animals really lovely done. Um, Then we have Ragnar Axelsson, the Icelandic photographer uh, with his book Faces of the North. It's a classic probably well known but I I have to mention it. Um, (laughs) It's a book I can look into every day without Getting bored, uh, which is a, a huge achievement, I think these days. Yeah. And um, let's see, that's four. And yeah, I want to mention the last book by uh, by Sandra, the Rhythm of Nature, that you've also uh,
0: discussed here. I have. Yeah.
1: I think it's a it's a, yeah it's a wonderful book and a, a strong statement also that that it's Absolutely. still very well possible to totally 100% original in every image and um, nah, yeah. mesmerize your audience uh, in in every aspect of the book so it's it's really wonderful
0: yeah, I would agree. A great selection of books there. Uh, some wonderful, yeah, some wonderful books, um, and all very, all very inspirational in, in their own different way. Which is, which is always what's really interesting for me to hear when when people uh, do present such a nice variety of books and titles that you've never heard of. It allows people to explore new photographers that they, they might might not have come across before, and that then leads them on to finding new new photographers, new work to 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 enjoy. Yes,
1: that's why your program is so great.
0: I have a lot of catching up
1: to do
0: so uh, <laughs> there, there there are there are a few episodes yes but uh, on that note uh, Theo it just leaves me to say thank you very much for your time this evening, it has been a, a pleasure speaking to you about your work and your book, uh, really enjoyed it um, Iceland's on my list to revisit I've been once before, I was due to go just before, just at the start of lockdown so I was unfortunate not yeah. able to get so uh, I need to rearrange that trip and go and find somewhere where there are no tourists um, and that's easier said than done in iceland
1: yeah that i, I can help you if you want to you oh can yeah write me a note
0: <laughs> I, I will do yeah. but no thank you very much for your time this evening theo it's been a real pleasure thanks thank you you and thanks for having me cheers and, uh, have a nice evening same as yourself